Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1. I think if you wanted a shortcut to see who listens to Brendan O'Connor, um, just see somebody in uh, Per Doc Martin, see the amount of listeners who are all boasting. Oh, look on here, look next. Our next guest has them too. Uh, Donald Clark and Sarah. Serena Bellissimo um, are with me uh, to look at the screens uh, big and small. Happy nearly new year to you both. Happy, happy new, new year. year. whole etiquette. Do you say happy new year on the day before or the day after, but happy nearly uh, new Do you know year. what? Australia are about to go into new, the new year in 15 minutes time. So I think from now on you can say Happy well, New that's, Year. Well, that, that's there fair enough. So Happy Nearly New Year. Donald, um, uh, I was surprised that you have um, been looking at um, a reality TV show. It wouldn't have really put you together uh, <laughs> with that genre. Uh, I'm but far too highbrow for that. That's what you're suggesting, isn't <laughs> that's, it? That's exactly what I'm suggesting. The Traitors, uh, BBC One. Yeah, I'm not a great follower of reality television. And I don't, don't really have any snobbery about it at all, I don't think, but it requires an incredible investment of time, I think, that I just am not prepared to give. Um, but like millions, I think, I got addicted to the traitors last Christmas, and I'm actually slightly surprised they haven't put it, didn't put it on at Christmas again, until really it could become a kind of, you know, ritual Thank thing. You. That, um, But um, it doesn't really make any sense, but it's in stage with such insane gusto that I find it hard to resist. Um, like Big Brother, it comes from uh, the Netherlands, I don't know how they, they managed the to get... Yeah, I don't know how they managed to get a, a monopoly and those sort of things. And people will have a vague idea of the scenario. Claudia Winkleman turns up at this castle. These strangers arrive, and a certain number of them are are um, designated as traitors. And there are various um, uh, um, stunts they do during the day. And then at the end, someone is voted off, and you've got to try and find who the traitors are. I mean, the thing which is hilariously that makes no sense about it is these people play along, I think, really kind of gallantly at at pretending that the person they're trying to find out genuinely has a character flaw that's turned him into a traitor. I can't believe, you know, that she's a traitor. I mean, she's so nice. Like, she's not a really traitor. Claudia Winkleman told her to be one. It's not any reflection on her uh, character. But they play along with such gusto that I, I find it absolutely hilarious. I thought the last one was great, so I am looking forward to that. Um, and so our, our obsession week. with other people's lives continues unabated. First Dates and uh, Dancing with the Stars are back on RT. It's a kind of show that we kind of need in, in January, isn't it? I think so. January's so dark and I think first dates, it's, it's the type of show that I just went, I'm not going to enjoy and then you sit down and you're just like, I love everything about this. From the staff who were there guiding the first daters along to those awkward moments. So those, there's been some really beautiful moments that have come out of this. So first dates is back on Thursday RTE2 at 9.30 and my favourite and do you know what? We were all disappointed when Fitter's family were finished because that, that was our Sunday night family viewing. Thanks. Everyone in the family loves Dancing with the Stars. It's the same thing. Like, you know, not all the family knows everyone who's in it. By by week two, we are transfixed, even doing some of the dance moves on screen. So that is coming next Sunday. Cannot wait for that one. Yeah. Eileen Dunn is taking to I the know she, she is. I, I cannot wait. Legend. One thing I cannot wait for, uh, and you've both picked it, uh, moving just to the big screen, is uh, the new Priscilla Presley uh, film. Have you had a sneak preview yet, Donald? I saw it at Venice, um, actually.
actually, that um, Venice Film Festival. Uh, I thought it was terrific. I'm a great admirer of Sofia Coppola, personal friend of mine. I've <laughs> talked to her recently. Not really a personal friend of mine. Yeah. But, um, uh, her best movie in 20 years, people are saying. Um, I, I disagree. I, 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 yeah, we're going to have a we'll fight, to a fight about this. <laughs> but, um, good nature fight. But um, no, I, I think it is her best film in 20 years for me. Um, I, th- I think since the early days of Lost in Translation and Marie Antoinette, everyone knows what it's about. It's the story of Priscilla Presley and her initially rather sinister relationship with Elvis, which began when she was 14, when they were, when uh, she was there with her military parents in West Germany, and he was serving with U.S. forces. And I think, um, particularly for me, Jonathan, in a sort of a still Me Too or post Me Too yeah, era. That's yes, why. That's no, why I'm interested to see how did that gaze work, or how did she I do, treat I, that? I feel that she does. She 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 felt that she didn't need to push that. She, we are quite aware of how in, inappropriate to mm. too small a word in many ways that initial relationship is. And we're now a lot great deal more sensitive about what we currently call grooming. So I don't think she does vilify Elvis in this. I mean, he is a creepy and sinister and uh, uh, oppressive and uh, character throughout. And a lot of that is expressed through this sort of like faux gentlemanliness that, um, that uh, he wants to keep her chased until the last possible minute, which, you know, is creepy in its own way it's in a kind of ritualistic way and I think um, uh, I, Kelly Spenny who's the young actress who won at Venice actually for playing but it gets that sense of an ingenue being way being plunged way over way over her uh, out of her depth in a relationship that nobody even someone 20, 30 years older could possibly m- manage at that stage and then she does that very well and I think he becomes a kind of like sort of cipher in the background we don't really get we certainly don't get the Elvis we got with Baz Luhrmann's film this kind of yeah. looming charismatic figure he becomes a bit of a dull drone which I think is probably quite accurate Well for you look, obviously it's getting rave reviews but um, am I right Serena that um, uh, Priscilla wrote to Lisa Marie, oh, Marie Presley yeah. rather wrote to um, uh, to Sophia. To Sophia before yeah. the film. And was she contesting sort of, was she arguing in advance that th- this is a bad depiction? Was she sort of tried, trying Complete, to get ahead of it? Completely. So basically Priscilla is heavily involved in this because it's based on her book, mm. Elvis and Me. She's a producer on it. She worked very closely with um, Sophia on this. And before Lisa Marie's death, she wrote to Sophia saying, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying to sully my father's name? I mean, this has also come off the back of Elvis when, you know, Baz Luhrmann did it last year and we saw a very different depiction. I have to say, Jacob Elordi as Elvis, I thought was brilliant in this. He's um, from Euphoria. A lot of people might recognise him from that. So what did you not like about it then? I I thought Kaylee was really good at the beginning and she was really Mm. good at the end, but... In the middle, I just felt like the character was wearing her and not the other way around. It just, there was something off about it for me. Um, and I was talking to a mate. There's only, myself and my mate are the only two people I know who don't like this. Oh, you know, and, I, I've met people, don't worry. You're not, oh, you're really? Not, not okay, alone, so not, not, alone, not just yeah. the two of us. And he was saying as well, like with a film called Priscilla, you think you're going to see her story, you know, living in Elvis's mm. world. But yet again, it's another story about Elvis Presley. You don't really get to know Priscilla, the woman. I, mean, I, I do think that he becomes a kind of nobody in this. I mean, despite being Elvis, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, quite, I don't quite agree with do that know? argument. I mean, I think he beca- I mean, the fact that they don't have the music, well, almost, because, almost because they didn't, that. Because they didn't let them. Yeah. They couldn't yeah. get the rights. So yeah. at least the estate went, you're not having any of yeah. Elvis's music. But I have to say, and this is no spoiler, because we all know how it all ends up. 
But it sort of ends when Priscilla's life is beginning. And I'm just like, I want to know about that woman. But I felt that's a kind of a triumphant moment. I mean, nah. her, her leaving is, is pitched as kind of a triumphant moment. Mm. It was kind of quite brave at that it stage of her flat. to you know, get in the car and drive out the gates of Graceland. And that was, so, I mean, I felt that was a great ending. For me, it was kind of a great triumphant moment of like, you know, look, here I am, like doing <laughs> when, something. When is that, it out? I can't wait to see it. Well, I mean, oh, I'm, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you, um, Donald, everybody remembers that... Um, YouTube clip of uh, Nicholas Winton then it was uh, Esther Ranson and it was this elderly stockbroker and he'd saved all of the Jewish children you know it was iconic that clip around the world but now Anthony Hopkins is going to star in the film yeah, one life. Celebrating um, his life. James Halls and Anthony Hopkins and uh, Helen Bonham Carter and others. Yeah, it's a, the origins of this film are very peculiar. It is exactly what you said. There was this famous clip where Nicholas Winton, stockbroker, in, um, an English stockbroker who was working in Prague in the 1930s and arranged for over 600 um, mostly Jewish children at, uh, who were then refugees to come to London um, and who thus survived. And, this, and that's life, what everyone listening will remember, like a cheesy BBC show arranged for him to come into the studio. Very successful, and, cheesy um, BBC. He, he didn't yeah. know at the time, but was surrounded by the adult children, children who uh, the, the adults the children had grown up into, uh, who he had rescued in the 1930s. You know, so that's the. I mean, even the film itself is a little bit uneasy about that. But that's that's why was it he because he was uneasy about it. But it was interesting. I was actually there's a great piece in the Telegraph in London today saying that his daughter Barbara Winton um, requested. That Anthony Hopkins actually play. Well, he's brilliant. I mean, the film was was a bit kind of like in a by the numbers in the early sequences. It's basically bifurcated. It cuts from uh, Winton as an older gentleman in the 1980s, um, and then leading up to this incident with the That's That's Life show, then back to him in the 1930s. The stuff in the 1930s is a little bit. A little bit cosmetic, that's mesmerised. I mean, you have lots of you know muddy-faced children not looking half as mm. awful as they would do in those circumstances. But that's understandable. You can't achieve realism in those circumstances. What what makes the film is Hopkins again, who's really has. I mean, I mean, I can think of very few actors who've moved into their kind of ninth decade um, and still find new things to do with their talent. He's just terrific in this. Um, as a man who has still not quite faced up to the hugeness of what he achieved in those years. And he gets that across. It's a really uh, effectively, um, you know, it's, it's by the numbers exercise. It's a BBC production to a certain extent, and you can see that, but it works. Serena, very, very quickly, what was your highlight of the year? I think all the reality TV that we got in the form of a docuseries, all the celebrity um, documentaries that we saw, we saw Beckham. So many of them. Yeah, we saw Robbie Williams. My favourite, though, Michael J. Fox's Still. I haven't seen yet. It's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, well, do you know what? It's brilliant because it's not your usual talking heads. They use his characters to tell the story. It's superb. I know yeah, so much brilliant. as always today. Serena Bellissimo and Donald Clark. Um, Happy New Year uh, Happy to year. you both. Um, I'm afraid that's all we have uh, time for today because they were rowing over Priscilla. You can listen back to all yeah. of the conversations uh, from today's show on the RTE radio app. Today's show was produced by Alan Torney. Research was by Katrina McFadden. Stephen Higgins was the broadcast coordinator and James Feeney was in sound. The series producer is Tessa Delahanty. Stay tuned for this week with Justin McCarthy after the news and I'll be back with you next week. Happy New Year. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. Open your mind to a new way of living. Timberliving.ie